Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. 72? Question mark. I think this Possibly. is the 72nd one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Zach. You've already heard the voices of Angela and Matt, so hi, uh, Will. Voice, I just went, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your voice. Oh, that counts, I guess. There were noises Can... made. <laughs> what's, that, what's that TV show? Because it can you can you hear my voice? No. Oh, yes, not... yes, it was. Is it called that? It seems too strict. No, can you see my voice? Can you see my voice? That was something. Insane what people get paid for to make television. <laughs> what are anyway, we talking about? Can, I think we were just introduced. Can like, you see my hi. voice? Can you, like, can you smell my touch? <laughs> <laughs> can you smell where I'm looking? Yeah. Can you, can you smell my touch sounds like, like a soul album? Or... Either that or like a hair yeah. metal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Either way, really sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like m- maybe it could be like something a stripper danced to, like cherry pie or something. But yeah, hi Zach. I'm doing all right, thanks. How are you? I, I've been better. I mean, this has <laughs> significantly warped my day. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. We're here for reasons, I'm sure, as will yeah. become apparent. It's our July roundup, I think. Yes. Yeah, it's July. It is. It's still it's July. July. We're rounding up comics. Mm-hmm. Must be. Yep. All of those things. Take do you want to do? I've got, I've got a little bit of news. Do you want me to do a little bit of news? <laughs> yeah, do you need a... Yes, right. Let's do some news. Yeah, well, I'll do a little bit of news. <laughs> um, my first bit of news is that Square Enix have released the Manga Up app worldwide. Um, which I'll be honest, I'd never heard of before just now, but apparently it's been downloaded 19 million times in Japan. It looks like it's going to have manga from some of their games like Final Fantasy, but as well as complete titles like Full Metal Alchemist um, and Full Metal Alchemist creator Hiromi Arakawa's latest work, Demons of the Shadow Realm. Yes. Will it ha- Do you know if it'll have the um, Heroic Legends of Arslan? Uh, that they did. The article I've ripped this off from uh, didn't provide me a, a full list. <laughs> um, like, I'm, sure I'm, it's out there. I'm kind of loath to support Square Enix. Sure. I mean, but, every company has their uh, moralistic barriers. <laughs> yeah, and, and Square's been real bad and is doing a bunch of NFT shit. Game companies in general are pretty bad, aren't they? Yeah. But yes, yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely amongst them. But but that's cool still yeah um talking of manga um and news yes in the same sense um, there was a, so so there was a manga that released recently about a cool chicken uh and then the chicken died and i was sad uh but then someone ripped someone's head and spinal column out and used it as a sword and then turned their hand into a grenade uh, and that was very good. It's called Chainsaw Man. Um, and it's back. Um, it's And it's good. It's still very good. 
back and it's good. And it's nice to be reading it weekly again, like because uh, that like I was reading it weekly previously, and I re I reread it maybe twice, and it's good enough to justify the reread. But it's nice just having it weekly and having the weight again to to kind of look over it and go like, oh, this is cool, and appreciate it a bit more. But yeah, I'm still about like, a third up to date. Um, but it's still on my on my to read list. Oh well, you need to do it. There's going to well, be just, just a read, real good anime soon. Just read forty chapters of Spy X Family. Give me a break. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. We yes, read, that will be lot, lots of stuff. <laughs> that episode will be coming soon. Talking about things coming back. Um, <laughs> see, coming I can back. do it. I can nice. do it too. Jeff Lemire is bringing Royal City back in 2022. Um, oh, it looks like it's just going to land as a complete volume um, from mm-hmm. the article I read. They just refer to it as volume two, so I don't I don't think there are issues. But there's going to be a bit of a tease in the Image 30 Anniversary Anthology Issue 5. It's a series that's four issues in that I didn't know about. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Rebellion aren't raising their prices for British readers. Good on Thank him. God. Um, and uh, I just thought worth mentioning, because I think we've done a couple of their comics before, but Behemoth Comics have changed their name now to Sumerian Comics. I think after, after being purchased by another company called Sumerian. Oh, um, like, but oh. if, if people did listen to our podcast and find Behemoth Comics they enjoyed, they're still out there, but they're under a different name. We're yeah, not going to go back and edit over the name to change it now. <laughs> I'll just record it now. Sumerian comics. And you can just edit that in whenever anybody, any, when anybody says bear moth. Yeah. Let's pop it's, that in. I mean, I'm actually not going to do that, but it's, it's really interesting <laughs> oh. though, because now that they're Sumerian <laughs> comics, they're going to release all of them in cuneiform. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Just moved closer yeah. to his camera to look at me angrily. <laughs> Give you the stink, eye. Can't think why. I, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I, sorry, it took me a second. I was trying to remember whether um, the reason I didn't make that joke quicker was because I was trying to remember whether um, it was cuneiform or uh, one of either linear A or linear B. But then I remembered that Linear A and, and Linear B were like uh, Macarian Greek. You, you are know, correct. That old, that old chestnut, you know, when you can't remember yeah. the difference between... You know, sometimes, languages. Sometimes I wonder why we don't have more listeners, and then it's clear to me. It's... <laughs> I feel incredibly... Uh, I, mean, I mean, you and Zach and Matt, you have the, uh, the wrestling, and now apparently Matt and Angela have obscure dead languages... <laughs> I feel like I'm out on a limb here. What, what have I got? You can find something, Will. Yeah. Oh, come on. We, we'll always have all our misery. You've got a beard. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I do have a beard. Hey, you're right. I'm better than all of you. <laughs> was the beard meant to connect Will to one of the others here? No, um, it's just he was wondering what he had. I said he I'd take okay. something. I know <laughs> I, I have now some you've, more now news. you've reminded me. Oh, Sorry. please go on, Angela. It's, please very, it's very brief. Save me um, 
Yes, very briefly, it does not involve Will's beard, alas. Um, but Valiant Entertainment have uh, partnered up with Global Comics. Acclaim Software. <laughs> Global Comics. With, okay. That's M-I-X at the end, because, you know. Um, cool. So now Global Comics Gold members can enjoy more than 1,600 Valiant Comics, apparently. Um, I'm not sure why. This what, is happening. What is this? What is global comics? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've looked into it. I still don't fully understand, to be honest. I think um, they're trying to pick up a little bit where Comicsology have slipped over and make a yeah. subscription-based sort of platform. Also, you can purchase from their platform. I think, but okay. I think Valiant appear to be their biggest get so far. Mm. I would say. I've, I find it ironic because Valiant did try that whole we have our own app thing for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't have the app now. And it makes I, me sad. I think everyone did. I remember Dark Horse had one, Image had one. Yes. They all had a crack at it and none of them really. Because Comixology just dominated at the time and now Comixology is terrible and everyone's apps have already gone out of business. Yeah, yeah to be honest, I'd be, I'd be delighted to go and buy that. from the source. That's kind of the model, mm. uh, is that you uh, both like price everyone out or offer more and um, at a decent a decent rate with a decent service, and then you lower quality once everyone else is gone. Damn you, so, capitalism! Yeah. <laughs> and Matt's telling us about this now when it's too late. To I do know. It. I'm sorry. Why didn't I ring the alarm bells previously? <laughs> You should have warned us, Matt. You should have warned us. Well, I mean, I did never buy anything from Comixology for the podcast. <laughs> Though sometimes I did make Zach uh, and gave him money for it. I'm not sure what argument that's meant to win, but... It's just me saying... I, it's me I didn't saying shoot I've him, been, I just loaded the gun and told yeah, him to do like it. It's like me saying that I've been <laughs> pressing the silent clean. alarm button. <laughs> It's there, but it wasn't actually hooked up to anything either. Um, and I thought it was working because it's a silent alarm, so of course I can't hear it. All right. Um, that was that was the news. Yeah, I feel that's my cue to, to jump in and talk about comics. Yeah. Um, so yeah. today it is I who goes first. And... Uh, that book is Blink Number One, written by Christopher Sabella, arted by Hayden Sherman with uh, colours from Nick Filardi. Um and it's from Oni Press. Uh, it's about Ren Brooker, who was three when she was found catatonic and covered in blood on the streets of New York. Since that day, she's been haunted by a childhood she can't remember. After decades of searching, Ren stumbles upon a cryptic website streaming multiple CCTV feeds from strange rooms in a ruined building, and something clicks, setting off hidden memories that lead her back to a place she's seen in lifelong nightmares. Hunting for answers... The bleh. Oh, nearly tried to eat my own tongue. Hunting for answers, Ren breaks into the building, but instead finds herself entangled in the camera-filled dark mazes of a decaying social experiment known only as Blink. I hope you like how I read that blurb. That was super blurb reading. Thank completely you. Off the, completely off the top of my head. Yeah, here I thought you'd written your own words. <laughs> I mean, nope. Didn't do that. Um... So yeah, Blink <laughs> appears to be uh, 
this sort of mystery box comic about a obscured past and a I don't want to use the word mysterious a second time, but I'm gonna. Um, um, this mysterious building, social experiment, etc. Um, I thought it was pretty good. This book. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that it's probably of the four we're looking at today. I think it's my favourite uh, art. Um, pretty hands down. I think. Interesting. Um, I think it's got a lot of really interesting like panel work. Mm. Um, I think uh, because of that, I think it sort of stands out as the most memorable for me. Um, I find more and more that art is a bigger draw than writers. And I think in the past I'd have said the other way around, but the books that stick with me are the ones where the art is, is better. Um, I also think it just has a really intriguing setup, that sort of mystery box of, um what her past is and what it has to do with this cult like um webcam viewing old house um that when they finally get into it, it seems to be full of like bunk beds and canteen stuff and like people were living there in maybe some sort of cult like but i just think that the setup's really intriguing uh, i think it's got a lot to uh, a lot of sort of hooks in it um, and a lot of mysteries that it wants to resolve. I have a few criticisms, but they're kind of quite niggly criticisms. Um, mm. I think some of the panelling, some of the kind of crazy panelling, sometimes happens kind of just cause in a moment mm. that doesn't doesn't entirely warrant it. Um, in particular, there's a bit where I think they're just making their way through um, the building there's like an interrogation room and they're talking about what it was for. And that is kind of shattered into lots of different panels. Yeah. But it's quite, but it's quite a quiet and slow moment and they're quite sort of action paced panels. So I think sometimes it, it maybe gets carried away with its own sort of design work. But in other times I think it's um, really excellent. The, how the paneling works mm-hmm. when she climbs through that little sort of brick window and it's just a, a nearly like black page, but it's sort of dusty and the bricks are falling through. I think that looks a superb. I agree that's, with that. That's me for now. Mm. I just want to check, Will. Did you mention the letterer? Uh, I don't think I did mention the no. letterer. Um, because I was reading it off the Image website. Uh, sorry, the Only Press website. Yeah, this is my problem with many publishers' websites. Um, they don't list the letterer. The letterer is important. Letterer, you're absolutely right. Uh, so the letterer yeah. is, well, here we go, Frank Savekovic. I'm fairly happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Frank, Frank, um, Frank to his friends. And also, um, great job. Um, I think yeah. the letter in the letter is yeah. very decent in this. Agreed. It is. Uh, I was curious about this being your favourite art because Hayden Sherman also draws one of the other books we're talking about today. And mm-hmm. Nick Filardi colours one of the other books we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> However, interestingly, Hayden Sherman's art in this is completely different to his art in the other book. Isn't it just? And Nick with... Filardi's colouring is also different. <laughs> It's almost like people have like range. It's amazing, <laughs> that, isn't it? 
Don't know how that's happened. It is. It is actually quite sort of hugely impressive between the uh, mm. between the two books that look absolutely nothing alike. I agree. Yes. What did you think of it overall? I think Matt. So I was just interested to see because when I was looking through the books that we had um, on offer this month, I saw this like partially pitched as being a like a found like almost like a found footage horror mm. um, comic, and I was all like. I'm not sure I've, I've, that we've seen much of that sort of idea of it yet. Like, I know that they, so one of the characters in it is meant meant to be a kind of YouTube sort of urban exploration journalisty type. Um, And he mentions that he wants to record um, all of their sort of exploration of this uh, old, of, of like the old brownstone that they're going into. So, but I kind of want to see more done with the art. Like I feel like with the way that the paneling is being done, it could do some very interesting things with that, uh, with that format. Um, and I'd just like to see more uh, done to, to take advantage of the idea. Like I really quite liked this um and like it's got a very good it's got a very good core premise um it's so zach i'm, I'm going to reference a film i'm sure you'll remember um it's a bad horror film i feel well, attacked already can you okay if you think of bad horror film and think of website that shows cameras uh of of uh of in just in various places what do you what what's the name of a film you think of i honestly don't know but it, 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 i feel like i'm going to know and that's so fear.com oh shit okay yeah yeah that was a thing i yeah i remembered that film existed when I was reading this, like in a, in a way where I was like, Oh, thank God. Someone's actually like, like, I mean, that film was ahead of its time in some ways as an idea, as like a premise. Um, but uh, this, yeah, I, I, it was just a dumb thing that I remembered when I was reading it. I was like, I was like, Oh yeah. Remember that fear.com existed, um, as a film. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. And I quite, like it's uh it's depiction of like mental health um issues like the there's a really excellent um moment between uh between two of our characters where they're discussing kind of the life that they share together and like Ren is basically asked, like, isn't kind of what we have enough for you? Isn't it? It doesn't this work? Like, and she says, like, it is enough. It's great. I like love it, but I can't do it the way I am right now. I'm not right. Like, mm. I need to fix. 
I need to do things to fix it. It's like the situation isn't the problem. There's some, there's just something that I need to work. On. Like I, as, as someone with like mental health issues and stuff like it was a thing that felt very real. So, um, Zach, uh, Angela, do, do either of you have anything to add? Angela, you want to go first? You want me to... Shall, shall I go first? Because I'm going to be the dissenting voice in this. <laughs> Controversial. Um, no, I agree with Will about the art, but I didn't really get on with it. I found it a bit confusing because, I don't know, the first, like the opening bit where she's having nightmares, it felt more of a psychological horror, which I guess it is. But by the end, it was more mystery box um and i'm not a massive fan of the mystery box because there's a lot of the mystery box jj abrams have ruined the mystery box forever frankly yes um and it just feels like will the actual information we get is it going to live up to the premise because i think it's an interesting premise and there's some interesting psychological stuff going on the relationship stuff i found more interesting than most of the rest of it um, but at the set, yeah, there was just something that I was like, mmm, with it. Just a bit, mmm, which, you know, might just be that I bounced off it a little bit. Um, I think it's very good. The lettering's good, throwing that out there. It's not the best lettering. It's probably the worst lettering that we've got, actually, this week. This month, but... oh, I'm glad I read his name. Gosh. It, Jesus. He's <laughs> Sorry, Frank. two very yeah, good Ange- letterers. He's Angela face, wanted you so. to name and shame them. Name yeah. and shame <laughs> letters. But it's good up. work. It's just not at the level of the other two, and that's fine. Um, three. three. No, we've got two. There's the same letter on two of these today. Yeah, mm. There's still different books. There's still different books, though. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so I just didn't quite, it just didn't quite gel with me for whatever reason. But I did appreciate the art. I thought there was was some stuff that felt like I'm just being clever with panelling because. But then other bits were really quite impactful. Like you said, that bit where she breaks through the bricks and they're falling. That was really good. But yeah, just something about it just didn't, it's fine and I appreciate it for what it is. But yeah, it's mm, in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's me done. Carry on. Well, well said. Um, I, I, I can see where Angela's coming from with this one. I had mixed feelings. I, again, yeah, I thought we were focusing on the kind of. I was surprised at the end when we got some reveals. I thought we were kind of focusing on the mental health side of things. Mm. Also, I read another comic um, really recently in the Bebop, which was a uh, Kickstarter anthology, which had a story in it basically just about a little girl and a sleep paralysis demon. And on the first two pages of this, I was like, well, is this just going to be the long format version of that? Um, it's not. I mean, it still could be. There's time, I guess, but it's not. Um, but I kind of, I see, yeah, I wasn't sure which direction this was going to go because it spends a lot of time developing Ren's character and her relationship with Nico. So then when she goes to meet Joel and break into an abandoned building, it's it's a little bit of a 
it feels a little bit tacked on to the end here. Yeah. Um, I still like it. I just mm. wasn't sure. Uh, it spends, it feels a bit off balance as an issue in how much time is spent with one thing and then the other. Um, but I think the character work is good, if a bit long. Also, I'm getting kind of, um, was it Archive something? The like Netflix show that yeah, Archive 81 scared or something. the bejeebus out of me. Um, 81 sounds right. And I feel like we might go in a similar direction to that, if perhaps less scaring the bejeebus out of me. But who knows? <laughs> I can agree with a lot of your points there. It might just be suffering from sort of trade issue syndrome that the way that the pacing might feel differently over the course of of a longer book um but there is kind of it some of the plotting feels a bit too simple like you, you kind of led into this idea that she's been searching for this place for 10 years mm. and then it kind of she sees a video and then knows where the address is or pretty much yeah like i traced the ip or some such so some some bits like that that were dealt with just through little bits of throwaway dialogue, you know, I think there is this stronger storytelling than that. But, um, as I say, I think my, the draw for me more and more is the art. And this was the one that stood out to me. Um, and I think all of the ones today are kind of good, but not great. We've all got some mm-hmm. problems. Anywho. Uh, I just wanted to jump in to say, if you too are suffering from trade issue syndrome, you can donate to our cause <laughs> over it. <laughs> Uh, bigger than com by going to our coffee link. Sorry, I, I couldn't resist. It's just right there. I, Kids I all over the world are struggling by reading just one issue of a comic and not knowing what comes next. <laughs> they, small, they need to know about the trade. <laughs> with a small donation of just two pounds a month. <laughs> you too can, you too can put a trade into my hands, <laughs> which I will then show at a child. Maybe. <laughs> just, just read it to them. Kids love sleep paralysis demons. That's like, that's like a well-known fact. That's their favourite. Yeah, they do. They do. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the I weirdest hope... way of segueing <laughs> Yeah, but let's, let's roll with it. Let's roll with those punches. <laughs> Gotta take it where it comes. Um, is it me now? Is it is it my thing that I have to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> I'm going to read you the, the blurb from uh, the publisher's website, and then I'm going to tell you what I think. Um, so I'm talking about Rogues Gallery number one from Image Comics. It's the stories by Hannah Rose May and Declan Shelby. Uh, Hannah Rosemay is also the writer. The line artist is Justin Mason. The colorist is Triona Farrell. Lettering is by Hassan Otsman Alahu. Design is by Phonographics. Production is by Erica Schnapps. And the editor is Heather Antos. And I've gone really deep into that production team, but here we are. Um, according to Image, 
Rogue's Gallery number one is The Purge meets Scream in a home invasion thriller that follows disenfranchised TV superhero actress Maisie Wade as she is terrorized by an unhinged group of intruders cosplaying her day her day jobs arch villains. If Maisie is going to survive the night, she'll need to be the hero she has come to despise. I don't think any of those words are what this book is. Correct. Um, Not a one. All of those words made me confident enough I was going to review this for the website. And then reading this left me perplexed, which is why that I've not written any words for the website. And when people wanted to do it for the podcast, I was like, sure, okay. Maybe I'll verbalize them words rather than typing them. This whole issue is basically like four super fans, I want to say, but perhaps that's not the right term. Uh, just obsessively kind of bitching about a TV show and the main actress for quite a long time. Digs into stuff like kind of toxic fandoms yeah. and like, um, well, basically just toxic fans, I think is the, the main theme we get. So it's it's rogues gators. Yeah, kind of. And I'm okay with that as like a I think that's something that you can deal with. I just I'm not sure if that this book does deal with that. Um I also have really mixed feelings about all of this comic. Mm. <laughs> um I think some really good work has gone into like the kind of red rogue rogues gallery character world and the alternate superheroes of kind of alternate Superman, alternate wizard hero, alternate. I think work time work has gone into that, but I do think all four protagonists we have in Dodge, Yuri, Kyle and Haley suck for completely different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, but even 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 in the suckitude, so, um, I I don't know why any of them would be friends with each other. I can't figure it out. It's like if we were all friends, which allegedly we are for you know the sake of those listening at home, we're all friends. <laughs> but it, it's like if three of us, let's say, it, it's like if me. Angela and Matt were always a dick to Will, but Will kept coming back for more. Yeah. What do you but imagine? It's <laughs> it's a, like a toxic codependent relationship. They all enable each other in different ways. Mm. Um, and so I view, I think that this first issue is kind of the equivalent of the first issue or two of any Garth Ennis Punisher Max um, like uh, story arc where it is establishing the people who we are going to see be destroyed um, Mm. across the rest of the series. It is Letting us see that, like, see see them be like not good people, like in difficult circumstances in this instance. But 
yeah, I, I found, I maybe, like, I didn't love this, but I think I maybe liked it more than some of you because I think it has the potential to be interesting. Um, and I appreciate that what it's trying to do this issue. And I like with regards to like, it's clearly kind of based off of what happened to like, uh, what happened with like Brie Larson. Mm. Um, and uh, like uh, oh, played uh, Batgirl, like Batwoman, Ruby Rose, uh, and stuff like with the kind of outrage farm. Like I don't use the term like fake geek people, uh, like gamer gators, like comic, like, sorry, comics gators, um, who were just like there is a successful thing going on. It isn't exactly what I want. Therefore it's bad. And I will harass this person and produce endless like clickbaity hate. Like I think that that's almost like a revenge kind of revenge story kind of involving. So that could be interesting. I don't know if this is going to be it, but Mm. I'm interested to see if the premise works. I'm just not sure it knows what its premise is. <laughs> it's my problem with it. Like, it starts off and you have... I mean, for starters, the description that Image have put out is nothing like the book that we get. So... I hmm. think it's going to be. But I think the problem is, is we've spent all this... I think there's an interesting story in there to sort of look at because fandom is the worst a lot of yes. the time. There are good bits, but there is also a toxic underneath that runs through every fandom. Um, and generally, it's blokes. Just going to point that out. It's not to say there aren't toxic women, because, dear God, some of the female-orientated bits of fandom are vicious, vicious, horrible places. But still, um, there is an interesting story, I think, in looking at how fans interact with a source material and how that becomes toxic in this codependency thing. But for me, this wasn't that story. It just, it's it's like you get the end where, you know, finally Maisie makes her entrance, but we know nothing about, the only thing we know about Maisie is through the prism of these four characters. And if moving forward, she's going to be our protagonist, which is fine. Mm. All we've had is basically an entire issue of people bad-mouthing her. I don't know who she is. She appears at the end. Which is why I think that the next issue is going to be going back before this, going back before where we end to see the same sort of period, but from her perspective. Yeah, it could be. I've not seen what the solicitation for the next issue says because what the solicitation for this issue said was nowhere near accurate so I'm not 100% convinced this is going to do something, I mean it was kind of interesting like building up that whole bit about the different characters in the fictional TV show and that was, you know, and oh it's not like the comics, that was more interesting ultimately I think than let's dress up and go and attack the lead actress's house Mm. 
and steal a comic that's been signed by someone because she doesn't deserve it. I think that's an interesting point, and I like the fact that fans are horrible people in this in a way, but Zach's right, they suck. They suck at being what they are. So, yeah, there's some interest in there, but it's just, yeah, it's not doing it for me, and I'm just confused by it. Yes. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to string this out. I'm on pretty much the same page as everybody. I went through a real kind of roller coaster with this, where, the, as you say, the first few pages are this sort of superhero action thing. I really like the lettering in this, that everybody has their own font when they say their name. Mm. It's just a cool thing. But as I was reading it, I thought, the, skip, the script is kind of, like, shitty. Um, but it looks pretty cool. Like, all the character designs are really good. It's really colourful. And then, like, the the script is supposed to be shit as a joke. So then you move into the kind of the next bit. And the the art after that remains decent throughout mm. from that point. But I think they really... I think you're right. You sort of lament the loss of that imaginary world a little bit for the remainder of the story. Um, I do think the idea of toxic fandom is an interesting story to tell. But I also agree with Zach. Like, I think at the moment, these feel like our main characters. I know it's not very often, but every now and again. Um, I even think, like, they try and bake in a little sympathy for Kyle, who has, mm-hmm. like, a, ba- a bad yeah. dad and is, is kind of mistreated by some of the others. Nevertheless, um, I don't know sort of who to support or, or why I should care about any, any of these characters whatsoever, uh, including uh, Maisie. As Angela said, we just don't know anything about her. Mm. So, also the blurb says that she needs to survive the night. I mean, the last page makes it look like she is surviving quite easily. Very <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think um, it's qu- it's a bit confused, and maybe it's a pacing issue. Maybe it could have been reordered a little bit to get a bit more of the core concepts in, and, and perhaps you could fill in some of the TV and fandom stuff as you go through. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all. I, that's all I got to say. Um, I, I kind of agree with everyone in different ways. Um, I, I agree with Matt that this could be the hey, let's set up the you know, kind of not the people great. who are going to see be destroyed. Yeah, let's set up the bad guys just to bury them. Um, um, and we'll then shift to Maisie's focus, and maybe this is just an establishing issue that doesn't really lay out. I think it's the fact that the premise image of release, well, not the premise they've released, the premise image we're like pushing really doesn't fit with what the book that has come out, which happens, especially when the blurb we get that, that hand, those two or three sentences could end up being the blurb on the back of the trade in which case maybe that's incredibly accurate to what the trade will be. Um, I agree with Will. I think the art is really good. I think the uh, character designs, particularly for the superheroes that we briefly see, are really strong. Um, Jackdaw is actually pretty cool with the weird, like, plague... Like, Plague Doctor meets Batman image is kind of 
stupid but brilliant in a way. Although, although he never says it, I always imagine him between every sort of third word just going, I, I, I can see that. It's it's within reason, I think, <laughs> somehow. Um, it, it's a strange first issue in that, yeah, I, I think Matt is probably right in where this will go from here. But I don't particularly think this issue endears us to Maisie if she is going to be the protagonist. Or to Dodge, Yuri, Kyle, Haley, or Slink if they're going to be. I mean, to be anything. fair, with regards to like the Maisie character, all that we really know about her is through the lens of, of these bad people. Fans. Yes. That's, that's very true. Um and I'm inclined, yeah, I'm inclined to say that that will shift next issue. Yeah, but this um, could have done with being like an OGN or something. Yes, just so you had yeah. everything in one collection. And even if it was cutting back and forth between the four characters and Maisie, so we saw both sides simultaneously, I think might have helped a little bit. But I don't know. Um, also in the art, I thought it was... Good, there was some good details, like having the dad have a constant, like, T-shirt tan thing going on, which is kind of... Yeah. Yeah, it was quite funny. <laughs> it, doesn't really, it doesn't really add anything, but the fact that you can clearly see that he's always in shorts and a T-shirt, I thought it was a good detail. Um, but that whole thing of the Kyle's dad sucks, I felt very much like, yeah, this is always the narrative that... <clears throat> No, not always the narrative, but there is always a comic book coming out with uh, and my dad sucks because yeah, personally yeah. he's bad because of bad parents. Yeah. Um, and Kyle doesn't start this bad, which kind of makes no, really this a little bit weird. Flips to me, and, and quite quickly as well. Yeah, because I thought Kyle was going to be like almost the protagonist to the protagonists. Like, he was going to be, you know, like, they bullied him and all the rest of it, and he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to take revenge on them. I'm going to take revenge on everyone. Um, But no, no, because he just doesn't, he just decides, yeah, sod it, these people who bully me and make fun of me and are horrible to me, I am just going to, you know, get in with them and I'm going to go and do whatever they want. Well, he, he, well, he kind of takes control of the situation even and kind of seems to be the one now running it she's not necessarily a good character progression no 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 but it's it is terrible. one i guess yeah I, I also cannot figure out how old any of these characters are well one of them I can't one of them's been to afghanistan and back yeah dodge yeah. i think yeah dodge has been to afghanistan so i assume he joined up at like 18 so he's got to be Probably his early 20s, maybe, possibly. I guess. It's a weird vibe. and um, It's odd. It's very odd. Yeah. I also have real questions about stuff like the crypto ray and how quickly we got to NFTs. And I know it's very now, but I also... There's a lot of NFT references in comics of late and it's not going to age well. It feels like when Brian Michael Bendis kept putting people in like corn t-shirts and <laughs> and corn are dope, sure, but still, or it's like best when, not to date yourself. Yeah, if if you don't need to put Freddie Prince Jr. in your comic, don't. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember by. what that is. Was that Ultimates where 
Betty Ross is on a date with Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow, I'm glad that's taking up space in my brain. And then the Hulk goes and eats people because Mark Miller. Yes. Well, if, if your girlfriend, if, well, no, no. Not even your girlfriend. If a, if a woman you know goes on a date with, with a celebrity, do, with a WWE creative, with WWE creative's own Freddie Prince Jr., then you're entitled to eat some people. <laughs> then cannibalism but is your as only. As long option. as you do it in one bite, otherwise it's weird. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to cut this or not. I don't know if this is funny or this just is, surreal. I, think I just want to to summarize. Straight swallow is okay. <laughs> Chewing or biting is a no-go. Just so I understand. <laughs> I have yeah, to face that, it. That, that might be a good message. It limits people who who might be on the verge of cannibalism if they're thinking, "Oh, right, if I can't swallow people whole, then it doesn't ca- Then I shouldn't be doing that." Intervention. Mm-hmm. This is just an intervention for those people who've thought about cannibal- cannibalism. You've got to work for your can- cannibalism for your long. Either that, or people will just start eating babies. Well, babies oh. are delicious, apparently. And eat much easier to swallow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're smaller. Anyway. (laughs) We can probably talk about a different book. We've got that one about... about You can put them on, like... You can put them in, like, a dehydrator. Mm Mm-hmm. So they shrink... Zach just zoomed away from the camera. (laughs) I I honestly have no control over what Matt sees. I, I don't know if I'm zooming or not. I don't know what I'm doing. You like backed away rapidly from me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that makes sense." As even even in a virtual space. <laughs> in a virtual space, I am constantly backing away from Matt. So a lot. Of t- it's because together mode has been enabled for this call. So, oh right, I'm not in together mode. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just you suckers. Yeah, anyway. um, so. So, Next book. yes, uh, I'm going to talk about Above Snakes, number one, uh, written by Sean Lewis, with art by Hayden Sherman, lettering by Hassan Otsmane Elhau, uh, and it's from Image. So it's a like a Western revenge story uh, following Dirt, a cowboy whose wife and family uh, were all killed, his wife Dorothea, and he is out for revenge. He is guided uh, in his revenge by a spirit of vengeance, justice, blood, called Speck, who is like a, maybe a, maybe a vulture? Yeah. There's a bit in this that I quite like where it plays with the revenge story trope uh, that makes up so many westerns, where it basically has Dirt show up in town and go to a bar, and the bar is full of other people who are out on revenge missions, and they even have a term for each other, like as blood runners. Mm. <laughs> uh, and so basically nice it's touch. like a it's a bar full of protagonists but some of them are kind of fake protagonists in that they'll never get to where they think they want to go uh, and some of them are kind of the real deal who are chasing it down and actively kind of doing it like dirt uh, and like uh, Annie it 
it's quite a cool looking little book as well the the colors uh, that are used are like a mixture of very like muted tones with high then like very high colors that stand out against them like spec is always like golden and brown against whatever he's standing against and stands out wonderfully like dirt wears all black except for this high pink uh, shirt that that kind of almost matches at points his uh, his skin tone even mm. like and you can kind of tell where like where a person is even in like these crowd even in like these busy action scenes by just by by color what color stands out on them yeah it's a pretty fun well i say fun but it's a pretty solid first uh first issue uh of hyper violent uh revenge fantasy mm. uh western stuff with this kind of mystical fantastical um elements that we don't really understand yet it seems to know like spec actually seems to know things as well but it might just be information that dirt already had as like there's a point where the person who he's after this issue um who seemingly he's never met before um actually calls him by name after dirt kind of had to be told a description of the guy down to what he smelt like and everything by spec so it's i'm expecting like some interesting twists um with the story because of that and just kind of exploring his mental state with it and kind of how real the fantastical elements are it's a good book i like it i like a good revenge western um, and I also like a book where you've got kind of like a weird, odd moral compass, almost. Yes. Because um, in Barbaric, you've got Owen Hazak, who is really into the bloods yeah, and the do. killings. And Speck reminded me quite a bit of Axe, like, yeah, you know, it'll be fine. I'll go feast on the blood and all the rest of it. And I, I, I he's my favourite character, because who wouldn't want a sort of weird mystical vulture that feeds on blood and sends people on revenge missions. Um, it was really interesting. I liked the twist as well with the um, yeah. sort of the woman with the fire. That was interesting. Um, it wasn't like a straight up go to this town, kill this guy and you'll move on kind of deal. There was a lot more going on to it than that. The colouring is interesting. I always like it when people just use like big blocks <laughs> of colour. They don't like mm. go into huge detail it's just like yeah this panel is going to be like green and this one's going to be like pink i like it when they do that um best lettering of yes any this month gonna throw that out there 
I, I like specs lettering. It's very good lettering. Um, so good colouring, good lettering. It's just really good. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was very... It was an interesting take on the Western. Um, and, yeah, I don't have much more to say aside from twas good, yes. It's me done. Uh, yeah, I also think this is a really good book. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Angela. Always a sucker for a good revenge story, um, particularly one set in the West. The colouring is, of course, really cool. Uh, lots of like fuchsias and blues. It reminded me of at least the covers, if not the interiors, of like Paper Girls. Mm. Yeah, it's a, a similar set of uh, of colours. Um, I think funny you mention. Um, barbaric because the connective tissue is um what's it called zach <laughs> what's the book that michael morecci and hayden sherman worked on together wasted space wasted space yeah that's in my notes i'm just not looking at them <laughs> um i think that this are uh, it's surprising that blink is also hayden sherman because as we mentioned earlier they're really different and this yes. art is much more like his wasted space art but I think it's more refined than uh, yeah. wasted yeah. space. Like I think it is a bit more confident and um, more consistent throughout. I still just prefer the other art <laughs> ultimately, and uh, I, but I think the kind of composition of the art in this is really good. There's a great bit with a reflection in a knife, and there's a speech bubble within the reflection. Hey, that was my only- line. Well, I nicked it. It's yeah, it's, <laughs> I'd forgotten um, how cool that bit is. Yeah. A bit where he just sort of he stamps on a on a floorboard and it smashes someone in the chin. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the sort of the almost like um what you might consider the camera work if it were a film. Like the, the choice of shot the I cinematography. Think is cinematography. Yeah. It's exactly that. I think is great. Um I think the colouring is great. I kind of like the idea. I don't. I don't remember it being settled one way or the other. But I kind of like the idea that Spec is completely in his head. Um, I he, think he is, uh, rather than being, you know, actually sort of supernatural. Or I like the idea that it could bounce between them because he tells him about yes. is it Cobber? Yes. But yeah. he says, "Oh, I know Cobber." So you can already see, like, it's probably it might just be something from deep in his own psyche like telling him to go but he can't go, like, express himself whilst still feeling like a good person yeah but also i kind of like the idea that it might hint that it could genuinely be supernatural and you and you perhaps bounce between those two points um i think if i was going to be like super picky it doesn't really set up what the rest of the story is going to be about other than continuing to sort of track down the um the above snakes gang like it feels like a yeah. bit of a, a sort of a one shot issue. It's, this, which yeah, in some ways like works. It, it could be one and done almost. Yeah, in some ways works really well because it's a satisfying first issue. But also, is it going to be like one offs until he, he kills the gang, or is that mm. you know? It, it's hard to see exactly what the next sort of plot point's going to be. But it's, it's pretty nitpicky to to throw that in, but. Everything deserves some criticism. <laughs> yeah, fair. I 
Will has stolen a lot of the words I was going to say. Um, I think this is a lot more refined than Wasted Space, um, but kind of benefits from it. I think Wasted Space kind of leans into how stylized the art is, whereas this is stylized in a different way, and the colouring seems to carry a lot of weight here. Um, I like how when he walks, when Dirt walks into town, we kind of start getting everything more purpley and blues and pinks and more yeah. twilighty, which feels very like in keeping with kind of raid at sundown western kind of thing. Um, which is really nice. I I don't know. I I wasn't sure with this if we were going to get more of an anthology type thing, especially when we're introduced to. Dr. Toombs on the first page, who's kind of playing narrator, who then immediately starts playing narrator, I think. Unless, yeah. I, unless I miss something, he narrates for like two, two, three pages and then... Yeah, and then he just disappears. It's all from Dirt's point of view. He gets mentioned um, in the town and he gets mentioned in... I'm not Dirt's, sure who the last like, lot of narration is supposed to be, because it sounds like him, but he also starts it with... Dr. Toomes said you were going to see the love story. So it seems yeah. like he'd say that about himself. And yet it's in, you know, it, yeah. but it looks like it should be from him. So uh, yeah, I don't know who that it's, who that's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, he could be referring to himself in the third person, I guess. We've all that's done true. it. There's no shame in it. Will does it all the time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but I, I think art and lettering and coloring is all really strong in this one. Um, I like that Hassan has resisted the thing that annoys me most in Kaiba lettering and that the narration boxes are like typed rather than being handwritten. Like calligraphy. Which never fails to annoy me. So I'm glad that he went in a different direction with that. Agreed. Um, Yeah. And I also like that all the kind of narration boxes have got that kind of primary school, I've made myself a treasure map, tea-stained paper aesthetic. Um, But I think this is pretty solid in kind of every aspect. I think writing and kind of story-wise, it's got that kind of Kyle Starks revenge narrative kind of going on, I'm sure. Matt, if I could tell if he was here or frozen, would... He's he's moving, he's moving. Um, Yeah. I can see that. I don't think it's quite as immediately overblown as Kyle Starks would be. No. Um, but to be fair, when we read um, I Hate This Place. Yes. Yeah, like that sort of type of Kyle Starks. Yeah, true. He's a little bit more restrained, and I think that's kind of I, I think you can feel his influence on this kind of story even even in the art i think there's a little bit of kyle stark's vibe to it at times but i, I guess when you draw and write your own book kyle starks has a very specific style that if you're influenced by one by the writing you're probably influenced by the art um but i, I don't know i like that this feels kind of classic western but also they've kind of picked up the pace i think a lot of western stories tend to be glacial because that's how all westerns tend to build like suspense is by being very slow to begin with and then everything happens all at once so 
this is more condensed than that, but I guess like what, 30 pages, 20 something pages kind of limits how much you can uh, spend with people waiting for a train or I can't remember which Western film that's from. I just know that in media studies, I was forced to watch a Western where the first 15 minutes is a man waiting for a train. That sounds like um, Once Upon a Time in the West, I think. That, started, that, start, that has a very long opening scene at a train station. Then somebody comes and yes. kills them all. Yes. Yeah. That might be the one. Yeah. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West. Somebody plays it. Well, it's got um, Henry Fonda mm-hmm. and uh, Charles Bronson. Classic. Yes. Um, I do think as well with this, um, Spec gives me similar vibes to... I don't know, can't remember the character's name, but in Coffin Bound, uh, Izzy is kind of followed around by this kind of person-sized skeletal buzzard vulture thing that's kind of not as helpful as Spec, but it's kind of <laughs> like more of a, oh, you're going to die. <laughs> it's um, a bit of a trope of comics, but I always love a little kind of mascotty character. Yeah, and I think Spec, yeah. Specs are pretty good one. They can be cute or they can be gross, but generally, as long as they're kind of funny or delightful in some way. I'm not sure Spec is particularly funny or gross. I think he's just or cute. He's just kind of. I mean, he's kind of cute. Maybe yeah. he falls into the rad category. Ah, uh, yes. It's, it's the badass version. <laughs> the often favoured rad. rad category. Yeah. Uh. I think that's all I have to add. Most of my yeah, my I mean, contribution here is agreement. Yeah, I think it is. Um, no, I think you said it. It's like it, it, it's all round high quality. I think on, on every aspect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess that means <laughs> it's Angela and it's Valerie. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Oh dear, I'll try and keep it shortish, but it's a valiant book, so I make no promises. Um, It is the Book of Shadows, number one. Um, The writer is Cullen Bunn, the artist is Vicente Cifuentes, the colourist is Nick Filardi, you may remember him from a book we've discussed earlier, and (laughs) the letterer is Dave Sharp. Okay, so, are you sitting comfortably? Right, Book of Shadows, Cullen Bunn did a run of Shadow Man very, very recently that finished, and this kind of picks up where his run of Shadow Man ended. So we had the Dead Side War. During the Dead Side War, we had the creation of Persephone, who is basically the Dead Side in mortal form. Handily, there are some trading card pictures at the beginning of this book to explain who the hell she is. Um, but that's where she comes from. Also, in the Dead Side War, Punk Mambo was involved. Um, she doesn't trust Persephone one bit, but Shadow Man's trying to rehabilitate her. So there's a nice little fair in a town that gets attacked by hellhounds who look suitably gross and disgusting, so they're like werewolves, but with added rocks, um, which is always the way you should do it. Shadow Man and Persephone come on in to, you know, do some slicing and dicing. Um, And then Punk Mambo shows up with Dr. Mirage, who's been MIA from Valiant for some while now. So it's good Mm. to know that she's still going. Um, And she's like, yeah, these people are gone. There's there's like no souls. It's not been that long. 
It feels long, Zach. It f- when was her last solo? 2019, 2020, Mags Yeah, that's three three years. We've moved on. Three years is a long time. Yeah, but in Valiant time, that's that's only like 25 minutes. Because (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work. Either way, it feels like it's been a long time. Um, But they rock up. They've also um, employed Gilad the Eternal Warrior, who also hasn't been around for a couple of years now. Mm. Although... Yeah, when did he last appear, Zach? Go on. I I legitimately don't know. There I, you I, go. No, I, I do know. I do know. It was um, Ninjak. Yes. Were they the Undying the guy? Undying monk. Oh, and got yeah. shafted. Yeah. No, not the monk. The, un- the seven with, with the mismatched of... eyes guy. Silk. Okay, no. you, you're all going way further back than me. Like Ninja <laughs> K. He was in Ninja oh, K. Oh, he was in Ninja K. I read that one with the mismatched eyes. He's Ninjak. With the mismatched eyes guy. Ninjak with a colon in it, damn it. They were setting up like he was going to be a big bad oh, yeah. for Eternal Warrior. And then he was a big bad for like three issues. And then he disappeared. Yes. Point being, we've not had the Eternal Warrior here for a while. Back back to where we were. He's been fighting Exarch Fame, who is actually a new creation for this book. But you wouldn't yes. have guessed it from the way he's introduced. Um, just going to call that. Um, I like it purely because I get to see Shadow Man and Punk My Bone talk to Mirage and the Eternal Warrior. Persephone, I can kind of take a leave at the moment. Um, but I get to see, you know, some Valiant characters interact in an interesting way. I think there are some nice bits of art. Um, the colouring really does bring the art out. Having read this in black and white, thank you, Valiant, for that, by the way. It was nice to get an advanced preview, but still, it was in black and white. Um, the colouring actually does add stuff. So the whole bit where the dead side monsters sort of come in and attack the hellhounds, that bit of colouring, um, I really liked that bit. Um, I realise it's probably not the most well-written because it is kind of, you know, it's a team-up book. And those are always awkward, the first issue, because you have to introduce everyone like, hey, everyone, this is Shadow Man, Jack Boniface. This is what he's been doing recently. Um, Here's Punk Mambo. This is what she does. Here's Dr. Mirage. She sees dead people. Um, It's kind of a bit like that. You have to introduce everyone and try and establish people. And then there's a big bad. And it does kind of feel that Gilad's sort of out on his own a little bit because Punk Mambo is just like, yeah, I mean, Dr. Mirage, yeah, we sort of, yeah, we hired him to go and (laughs) track some stuff down. Um, I realise that sounds terrible, but that's kind of, yeah. So that's where it goes. So he's kind of a little bit removed from it, but he will be fine. Issue two, we've seen the previews. We all know that they're all going to get involved. Um it was really obvious who was the Book of Shadows is under the control of Exarch Fane, which is a really good name, by the way. Yeah, like Exarch it. Fane, like, is really good, yeah. It's, Though it's he name. does look like a Cenobite. Yes, but hey-ho, you, you know, rip off what... Rip off, oh, the yeah. good, rip off the good stuff. But yeah, I am aware... I'd be interested to know, because I've read all of Cullen Bond's Shadow Man. I'd be interested, for those of you here who haven't, I don't know why you haven't, but I'm assuming some of you haven't. Um, shockingly. But, yeah, I like it. I mean, we all know I'm predisposed to like it because it's valiant and I am contractually obligated 
um, by the devil to, you know, like it or else. Um, but yes, what do other people think? Because I'm terribly biased. I, I just don't know if I like Shadow Man. I don't think anyone knows, but he like, should. I like Colin Bunn, generally. Like, love the sixth gun. Uh, love, like, a bunch of his other earlier, like, stuff prior to that. I just, I just don't know if I like Shadow Man at all. Like, and I feel like I'm just missing something. Like, this was okay. Um, similar to Angela, I had a, yeah, Valiant's putting out a book kind of feeling, but... And, and there were bits that I kind of liked where it was just like I, I enjoyed the opening bit where it was saying about like oh yeah no this everything constantly goes to shit here all the time but it's also the sort of place that people pull each other through they have community all this sort of stuff and then everything just goes to shit horribly uh in a way that community can't really help uh, at the mo- in the instant, so like there were bits of writing I really liked, but Shadow Man, like I do, like I, I like just about everyone in this book, uh, and I like I like just I like everyone on this book, but I kind of left a bit ambivalent, I, I suppose. Are you aware that Jack Boniface is also a jazz saxophonist? Yes. Um, see, I thought that might just swing you. Like, I, he's not a mummy, though, so he's not no, a sax he's mummy. Not, he's not a sax, not sax mummy. mummy. There is only I, one. I think there is a problem in that we've had some good... Sh- we haven't had a definitive Shadow Man run. No. I think that is the problem. We've had one for Quantum and Woody, Archer and Armstrong. I mean, Eternal Warrior, I would argue. Mm, eh. Maybe. Um, so I think that's one of the problems is that he hasn't had a solid. I mean, Colin Bunn's run is good, yeah, but it's not definitive, and that's the problem is the character doesn't have a solid definitive run yet. Mm. Like, hopefully, this gets to a place where I really like it. I really want it to. Um, I think this book suffers from being an extension to an existing run. And despite, as you pointed out, Angela, the little um, little sort of playing cards at the beginning, and I think the end of the book has a bit of a character, sort of little character blurb um, as well. But despite that, it feels, it feels like there are things missing. Um, as you mentioned, with the bad guy who does have a great name, um, ex Archfane. Um, the way it's written made me think that that was a character that I've missed a particular storyline from. Um, and then with Persephone, she is a character that I've missed the storyline from. <laughs> um, and I think that ultimately just slightly hampers my enjoyment of the book. Like my my dedication to Valiant has waned uh, somewhat. Um, so I've not, I've not kept up with, um, the shadow man stuff or the, the dead side war, etc. 
I think it's got decent, what's becoming more and more like Valiant style art. I think Valiant are finding much like sort of DC and Marvel have a, it's not identical, but kind of a, a, a broad strokes art style that works mm. for their stuff. And I think this is a perfectly good example of it. Um, Angela, you're right about the colors. Like I think they make it really vivid and there is a preview of um, the second issue in black and white. And it is, it's kind of tough to read. Um, it's clearly not made to be a black and white book. Um, some of the writing is a bit exposition-y. There's a bit where, like, his, um, what's it called? His scythe gets thrown away. Mm. Oh, yeah. And he just says, yeah. the scythe turns to ravens, and it returns to me. <laughs> I thought, like, that, that was sounds... just the weirdest. Don't panic, guys. It'll come back in the form of when, ravens. When you feel like that's something that you can show me, that feels like something that the art can do the the work there. You don't have to have a man saying, and burst into ravens. And now to me, so some bits like that I thought were a bit, a little bit odd. Um, but I think the monster design is pretty cool, both of the werewolf things and when Persephone summons just horrors oh, yeah. from the it's beyond so yeah. and it's all eyes and teeth. Like I think there, there's a sort of strange dragon that has them in a cage that's also a very cool design. So there are bits about it I think are very good. One thing I noticed, not bad child faces. Yes, they don't just look like like terrifying tiny adults. <laughs> no, they look like children, and I think yes. that is that is an accomplishment worth uh, worth pointing out. Worth three ninety nine. Worth your money. There are a few panels I don't really know what happens. Um, there's a bit where Shadow Man is in the jaws of a werewolf. Mm. Then there's a panel with some sound effects, and then he's not. <laughs> and I don't know what's supposed to have happened between he those escaped, two moments. Obviously, he escaped. Yeah, I had the same thing when you know we were talking about the exposition with the scythe stuff. I had to read that several times to realise that, like, oh, the werewolf throws away. Like that that middle panel is the werewolf throwing it away in its mouth. So, I mean, it, it's the minority in the most case. I think the art is absolutely serviceable and uh, perfectly clear. Every now and again, there was a couple of bits where I just thought, I'm not quite sure what's happened there. Um, I don't remember Punk Mambo getting, like, a name. She's always had a name. She just doesn't use it. Yeah. Because why would Does it it get introduced? Because I don't remember her being referred to that in any of the kind of ninjack stuff she's introduced in. Is it not Punk Mambo Zero? Yes, it is. I might not have read Punk Mambo Zero. But there you go. Mm. That's nice. It's nice that she's got a name. It's in her solo stuff. Um, from a writing perspective, I don't mind the, like, uh, I think the narrative callback is quite good. Where they were talking about the beginning, as Matt said, about the town that goes to shit and it ends with they didn't know what hit them. And then uses that narrative again, now referring to our little cabal of heroes. I think that's quite a sort of fun little um, callback. But, yeah, I think it struggles as one for new readers. I think if this was your first step into Valiant, it'd be pretty confusing even with those character profiles yeah if it was my first step into valiant i'd be very confused because i'd have opened up the first uh issue of the new of like the 2012 arch and armstrong and been like wait what's this book why is <laughs> why is shadow man in it who's who's, who's punk mambo zach um i don't think this is that bad a jumping on point i think one of the first valiant things i read was 
the Valiant, and that's Ooh. kind of a similar setup to this, where yeah. just shit is happening and good luck. Yeah. So I, I think you're you're pretty safe with just throwing a lot of characters at people. Yeah. Um, that is how most people do get into most. Yeah, I guess comics. in the same way that like people talk about Hush as yeah. like used to be like Hush isn't a good book, but it's a book. It's, it's a lot of that, people's first Batman book. Yeah, because it has everyone in it. Yeah, which is, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, equally, I know so many people who've started Marvel with Civil War, and if you need yeah. to know who Robot Thor is, and... I mean, Claw. Clone Thor. <laughs> or, um, whoever Giant Man is at that point, I can't remember his name. Um, he gets torn oh, off, and it's yeah, like... Yeah. Well, there's, there's Black Goliath yeah. uh, who dies. Uh, yeah, Black Bill. Goliath was killed by Thor. Um, yeah. There's... Uh, it's God, why are we let's not Cassie Lang. Yeah, let's, let's just it was yeah, a let's, terrible let's, time. It's not Scott Lang. Is it Scott Lang's giant man at the time? No, it's no. It's back to old um, old wife beater in it. Um, no, is no, it not Hank? Is it the? I think it's Goliath that I was I was talking about. Yeah, because that was uh, Bill Foster. Foster, thank you, sir. Is that actually his name? That was a guess. It I sounds, think it is it Bill Foster. True. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you're right. So, anyway, I th- I think a lot of people could jump on at this and wouldn't really care. People pick up event books all the time. Um, firstly, first page. Uh, I like the detail that the kid is getting Exo Man a war face paint. Yeah, agreed. It's... That is good. Yes, that was a that that gave me a smile. It's one of those brief acknowledgements that. Valiant is all in the same world, so people know who Exo is. And we've had mentioned in previous Valiant books about how, you know, superheroes are super famous because they're superheroes. And I think that's something that Valiant come back to occasionally, but often forget about. Um, I'm just going to hit you with the bullet point questions I've got written down. Uh, Two... Does Punk Mambo make her own pin badges that have her own name on? In which case, does Punk Mambo wear her own merch? And what? I, I, I assume she does. Yeah. Um, um, I assume as part of Voodoo Magic Rituals, pin badges are a vital component. <laughs> and therefore, any Voodoo Priestess worth her salt has pin badges. A collection I mean, of enamel pins. She, yeah. she had she had a Punk Mambo badge on like the cover of Punk Mambo Zero, and I was willing to accept yeah, it. Did. Making it like part of her character, it's canon now. It just seems weird. Um, I don't know. I would like to see Punk Mambo actually be more punk. I think that's one of my things here. She looks punk, sure, but yeah, she's, she's never. She she's, smokes though, doesn't she? Yeah. You know, Do you think they pulled away? Oh, uh, she she smokes what looks like a jazz cigarette. Yeah, a bit of the devil's lettuce. Cigarette. <laughs> um, but does she still do magic by like sn- sniffing glue? Because that was her. That was her old jam. That, that was a thing at one yeah. point. Yeah. I don't know. That's not really it, been. She's I mean, not. She's definitely bright. not sniffed glue recently. That is she a shame. She wasn't doing that in the Dead Side War. <laughs> I think one of the problems I have with Punk Mambo is when she was this fleeting appearance in Shadow Man and had one issue that was her own, I think I liked her more. I think I almost get too yeah. much Punk Mambo now. And 
there's a, there's a value to the super cool punk woman being in a kind of occasional presence rather than I would I would agree with that. I think she's a cool concept, but the more you delve into her, the more that concept seems a little bit shallow in parts. Yeah, it's it the more they do with her, the more it's like, oh, you just thought it would be cool if she was a punk that did voodoo. Okay, sure. Um, to return to Will's point that we talk as if Fane is a recurring villain, and he isn't. He is a recurring villain. He was the villain in Hellboy 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just not Eternal Warriors returning villain. But as soon as oh, no, he, he pops up with his little crown... Inter- he was also in all of the, Hell, uh, the Hellraiser series. Yeah, really, they should be called, you know, the Book of Hell or something. And we'll just... oh, sure, what was sure the what, what was the Hellraiser one that was in space? Was oh, that, that, Hellraiser that Hellraiser X? Hellraiser in space. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know, but I, I've not seen all the Hellraisers, so that might be part Jason of X. I don't, I don't remember. Bloodline. Oh. Yeah, it's Hellraiser Four. Bloodline. <laughs> This is We're all so poorer for knowing weird. that now. We are. Which yeah. one's hell on earth? That's Hellraiser <laughs> three. Um, to go back to Fane for just just a sec, I, I do like that he seems to know he's the bad guy. We we rarely get that at the moment. Everyone seems to think that they're doing the right the wrong things for the right reasons. Him when he's just like, I just get better and worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Just 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 awful. But. I think the idea that this guy's like, oh man, I suck. <laughs> it's yeah. there's a novelty to it that I'm like, yeah, he just knows he's the bad guy, and I'll take yeah. it. Um, it's yeah. it's a little awareness. But... His basic design's cool. His sort of floaty chains, his burning book for some reason, and I hear the book of and I hear that kids love chains. So just, I was looking at, at this, and important update. There's a Hellraiser film coming out this year. Apparently. Are yeah. Are you sure we're not, we're not asleep and this is the nightmare? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, um, Hell, Hellraiser update over. To- <laughs> to go back to Book of Shadows for just a minute. Um, <laughs> I think in our, I think in terms of art, colouring, lettering, it is really solid. Um, I agree with Will. It's Valiant books are tending to look a certain way. I mean, they have since 2012. There's been a certain, yeah. like, on and off house style. And I think this is very much that. Um, I would like to see characters change up a little bit more. I feel like... We're seeing characters so infrequently that Gilad always looks the same, and Doctor Doctor Mirage can stop wearing the jumpsuit anytime she wants. It's slimming, you know. <laughs> a girl's got to look after herself. It's part of her brand. Yeah. To be fair, she has got the whole TV stuff. Yeah, there, there was the a branding thing. Yeah, at one point, true. Um, but it's weird to me that Gilad basically always wears the same outfit or a variation thereof, whereas Shadow Man gets redesigned every time there's a new Shadow Man <laughs> run. Every week. Well, I mean, that that tends to be his family trait, though. Like, Armstrong doesn't change up his outfit much, although we know that he changes True. his clothes. Do you remember? He doesn't change his outfit. I don't mm. know. Ivar does, but that's because of the nature of time travel. 
Indeed. Angela, you'll know. I might be misremembering this, but I think that Gillard's design in Archer and Armstrong Volume 2 yeah. is quite a bit different. It is. He has it like is. a full jumpsuit type thing. Yeah. He still, still has the, like the red barrel thing. He still has a. It's close. The one in Archer and Armstrong is closer, I think, to the 90s weird jumpsuit. I see. Right. He still has the cape, though, I think. He still has the cape. Some kind of cloak thing. You always have to have a cloak because then you're mysterious. But well, at some point True we that. decided it was chest and shoulder armor, and like yeah, not just a steel bra. Those are the important <laughs> bits that you have to look after. When you're so immortal, you think you might as well just do it naked, right? But his, immor- his, his immortality is kind of a weird one, anyway. He has to choose that, to come back. He has to choose to come back. He can't. Do, he actually kind of dies, and then he has to choose to come back, and he has to fight his way back. I don't think that stands peril. against my naked argument. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Fair, okay. Fair. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, he might turn up in the afterlife naked then, and you know, his kids don't want to see that. <laughs> um. Stupid dead kids. I I don't dislike this. I like I like. I like the idea that we're going to have a supernatural team up. I think Valiant has been yeah. crying out for team books ever since that volume two of Ninja K, where we had that little team up for a little bit to go to Mexico City, which mm-hmm. didn't really involve any of these characters, did it? No, it didn't. Yeah, weird. Um, it's nice to see a, a kind of group team book. I would like to think that maybe there'll be a continuation after this of, you know, I don't know, Supernatural Unity. Yeah, like I would buy that. Um, we probably won't get that because I've just asked for it. So, you know, Valiant will be listening or decide I'm not having it. Um, one of my concerns with this is that I've been burnt before. <laughs> yeah. And, um, what was the book with Babel? What was Babel's story? Oh, was that when we had uh, with Magpie and all of that jazz? Yeah, could have been awesome. That what was it? Oh, I wonder. It wasn't the Dead Side Wall. It was Andy Jiggles Incursion. Was it? No, it was before Incursion. It had Dead Side in the title. Um, it could have had Dead Side. Pont Mangbo go into the Dead Side. Yeah, they go to the Dead Side, and yeah, Rapture, Rapture, Rapture. Thank you. So Rapture Riot was a thing. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Rapture was a supernatural event that I was quite yes, optimistic was. about. And then it just didn't go anywhere. The same with stuff like Incursion and I. Valiant have done some great events like Divinity, Superb, and Stalinverse Divinity Three Stalinverse. Brilliant. Um, First Harbinger Wars and yeah. Armour Hunters and they've done some really good events and they've done some really nothing events that kind of... And, and I love Valiant, which makes it all the worse. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of just... I want this to go somewhere. I want there to be a point, not just... And I don't want that point to be that they're going to bring Dark back from the dead. You know it's coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely happening. The ever return. He was a tree for a while. Just <laughs> I know. Fucking tree. Uh, I just feel like all supernatural events kind of got to have a bit of dead side, got to have dark. If his sister can be there, have it. 
it, yeah. Uh, and the, we introduce the villain that is the villain to end all villains, like Babel was, um, and then nothing comes of it. They they're defeated in four issues, and it's like they were never there. And we never mention Babel ever again. And what happened to the uh, the the abettors? Are they gone now? They're still about. They're still around. I... Yeah, sort of, but they're like different now. Okay. But they still exist. <laughs> Sort of in different ways. It's yeah. It's a complicated thing with Valiant because I think every few years they go all in on a supernatural event, Mm. and I don't know if it brings in any new readers, but existing readers, us included, seem to just nod along, read it. And then you think, oh, this must have some kind of repercussion. And then either there's no Shadow Man afterwards, or there's no Ninjak, or there's no Eternal Warrior, or there's just no Fallout. And then the next time it comes up, maybe we'll get some sly nod where Ninjak will be like, hey, Jack, remember that time when when you had a really sweet outfit and dreads, and we did did that thing? And they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I uh, want Ninjak to team up with Gillard again. I always like a bit of Ninjak teaming up with Gillard. It pleases me. I liked the... Was it Fist and Steel? Steel. Where Fist they kind of go Steel to was, the future in... Um, yeah, that was really cool. Whatever it's called, Ninjak. Yeah. Original recipe, Mac and Ninjak. That's yes. it. The good Ninjak, some might say. The best Ninjak, I would yeah. mm. Um, And the most... Perhaps... It seems like a backhanded compliment, but the most consistent ninja. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. It's not who did the best ninja run. It's who managed to keep doing good ninja for the longest. The same with a lot. The same with Shadow Man. It, it's just who did who did ninja good for the longest time. Time, yeah. That was it. And. I'm not sure anyone's done Shadow Man consistently good yet. No, no one has. Everyone seems to... Was it Andy Diggle who just got bored, seemingly? Yeah, Andy Diggle had all these plans and Incursion was going to be a big thing and there was going to be repercussions and he was going to, like, he had a five-year plan and and then then he left. And, and those two Justin Jordan volumes were good. and they were then. Good. And then Peter Milligan took over, and I had high wow. hopes for that. Was Justin think... Jordan the guy who was Kurt Angle's son? Who's in uh, with Chad Gable? Jason Jordan. Jason, <laughs> Jason Jordan, Jordan was Kurt Angle's son. There you go. <laughs> God, Sorry, that's, that's my one confusion. <laughs> In the last like ten minutes, um, I, and and credit to you, Matt. It made me think. <laughs> Not good yeah. thoughts, but thoughts. So I don't know. I I really need to wrap up this episode. Shall we do our rankings? Yeah. I'm ready to do a rankings. And Thank Ian. you, Will rankings um, Okay, fourth place is Rogues Gallery. I think we can all agree that it was um, imperfect to be kind i think a third place um the top three are fairly close together i think they all fall into a sort of good but not quite 
great yeah. category to varying degrees um but third place i would put book of shadows i think it's all round solid but it feels like a step into a world that i'm currently not up to date with um so isn't as as inviting as some of the other number ones um i would put i think blink as number two despite thinking it was the best art um and by the same artist as inevitably what i've put as number one um i just think above snakes hits almost every marker like spot on barring just that little bit of <laughs> bit of uh, preference towards the art of um blink but i think sort of the story's better the coloring's better or at least feels it in in uh in a single issue so yeah my number one is above snakes and that's that impressive speed definitive uh, I, I can go next unless someone else is chomping at the bit whatever that means i don't know what that means i just know it's chomping it. at the bit zachary i thought it was chomping to be it's fair cha- it's it's champing, and you can edit me correcting you out i just thought i'd do it to be funny are we gonna take matt's word for anything um here i am you know ignoring that um i think will is right and four is rogue gallery um pretty much because i i don't know if it's going to become what it was advertised as i really hope it does and that i'm here in a month's time going oh man you guys should have all read rogues gallery too where it gets in keeping with its blurb um (laughs) i like the character design i don't think it's particularly badly written or arted um i just think it confuses me in ways and whilst i think it might be a might be dealing with some very relevant subjects i'm not sure it's doing it in in a completed way at the moment i think it's going to take time to get its point across uh, three, I'm going to go with Blink, kind of for a similar reason that I, I'm not entirely sure Blink knows where it's going either. Um, the kind of ending cliffhanger feels like it could just run off with itself in a strange new direction, which if it does, sure, sweet. If it doesn't, sure, sweet. I'm, I'm, I'm happy either way. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to get. and I'm curious, but sure, whatever um we'll see i guess again chris sabella's writing i think is good and i think hayden sherman's art is really solid in it so sweet uh also coloring lettering in both of these things is also great you know whatever angel stop nodding at me (laughs) two and this is massively with the benefit of the doubt for book of shadows that this has got a point I really want it to have a point. I thought Dead Side War and Punk Mambo and Shadow Man and all those things were setting us up for an established villain to do a thing with the <laughs> Book of Shadows. And instead I'm getting some random Hellboy, Hellraiser dude rocking up with his magic book who apparently has been fighting Gilad uh, off screen. I don't know when. You guys don't know when. <laughs> Cullen Bunn doesn't know when. Um, and I'm, I, we're going to get a flashback. 
you can taste the flashback. You can sense it in the air that we're going to get a flashback <laughs> to when Gilad could have finished him off and Fane's going to be all like, should have gone for the head, kid. I don't know. But <laughs> I know it's coming. I just don't know if it's going to be next issue or issue three or the last issue, but whatever. I thought I thought this was going somewhere that was like a straight line from Dead Side War. No. Why is Gilad never with the Geomancer? Um, <laughs> They're like a thing. Yes, I meant to bring that up because we know where the Geomancer is now. Yeah. As of the last issue of Arbor Class. Like, where the hell's Gilad? Gilad, do your bloody job. Do your <laughs> job. Also, just to shoehorn this in, remember when Kay McHenry came back from the dead and she was going to have a spin-off series called Death Mate with Agent Festival, but instead they just flew off five years ago. I yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah, never forget, never forget. <laughs> um, number one is, is Above Snakes. It's, it, it's good. It's really good. It ticks all the boxes. Um, now I feel like Matt's going to turn up and be like, it's actually tickling all the foxes or some shit. But... No, 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 no. I'm going to let you make your own mistake. Look silly. That, that's someone else's joke I've stolen, so I'm sorry whoever I've stolen that joke from, but still. Um, <laughs> I think Sean... <laughs> I'm so distracted. I think Sean Lewis is good at writing. I think uh, his book last year, Bliss, was one of my favourites of the year, and I, I feel like this could also go that way in just a Western sense rather than a fantasy drug sense. Um, colouring good, lettering good, arting good. Oh, so it's European? It is Europe, yeah, it's sure, whatever. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a reference that most people that's, that's probably don't remember. That's just for you, me, and your, like your partner. Yeah. It's crept into the show before. But yeah, Bull Snakes is the best book. Fight me. Um, well, no one's going to, the only person who's going to have to fight me here is Angela because she's the only yeah. one that's going to disagree. But um, speaking of which, Angela. <laughs> oh, damn it. Right. Number four's Rose Gallery. It just is. We're all agreed, <laughs> unless Matt suddenly decides that Rose Gallery is high. <laughs> She might number be. one, baby. But no, if he uh. thinks it's less than number four, then he's just wrong. Um, it's confusing. It makes no sense with the blurb. I don't like any of the characters in it, even though there are attempts to elicit my sympathy. The art's good. Lettering's good. I did find there was quite a lot of dialogue that I could have done without. So, yeah, that's, that's number four. Number three, I'm going to go with Blink because... I was also confused by that. Like, it took, I had to read it a couple of times before I realised, and then I had to read the blurb as to quite where the story was going. It seemed to set itself up as like a horror sleep paralysis demon thing, which I was totally on board with. And then it turned into mystery box in old houses, um, which is fine, but it's just not my bag. It was meh for me. And now we have a battle between the heart and the head. Because the heart knows what it wants and the head knows that the heart is catastrophically wrong. So in a move that will probably shock everyone to the core, I've got to put Book of Shadows at number two. Purely because I know. I know. The end of days. It's not good. Because this is perhaps our last episode. (laughs) I mean, I love it dearly, don't get me wrong, 
But like Zach, I have been burned before. I want the... And also, I... Uh, <laughs> I want it to be good. And I want... I think it's a really good team. I think it's one of the best team up books that Valiant issue one of a team up book that Valiant have done for some time. I think it works, but I don't know how it's going to shake out. And I'm a little bit like, it's like, you know, Dr. Mirage and Punk Mambo show up and Punk Mambo's like, yeah, yeah, we, we've hired Gillard. And it's like, you couldn't have like shown that you, you couldn't have maybe, Maybe, I don't know, put a flashback in there. Have him show up and do something. It feels like he's kind of all on his own because, hey, I've invented this new villain for him that he totally fought at some point. I'm not entirely sure when I'll get around to explaining that, as Zach says, in a flashback. And I just feel like it needs to push itself a little bit more. Um, Dr. Mirage doesn't really do much. She's there and she's like, "Mm, these people's souls are gone. It's very sad. And I feel like, she needs to do more. I'm hoping she will do more. Um, and also the fact that, like Zach says, this was absolutely perfect coming off of Dead Side War to have the main villain be a villain from Shadow Man's past, or even, you know, Persephone is the more all representation of the Dead Side. Maybe something went wrong in her creation and something else was created evil that could go for the Book of Shadows. But then it's like, here's this random villain you've not heard of before, but I'm going to pretend... I mean, if I was reading this as a newbie, I might think, oh my god, I need to look up where Fane fought Gilad in an earlier run and then be catastrophically disappointed that it doesn't exist. So, yeah, although I love it dearly, and if my heart had the choice here, that would be number one, logically, the head has to put it at number two. Because above Snake... Now, having said that... (laughs) Yes, having said that, above Snakes is very good. It has good art. It has the best lettering. It has the best colouring for me. And it has the best writing. But having said that, how is that going to shake out long term? Like, it reads a bit like a full story, which is good. I like that it does that. But it's like... Is it just going to be like a Western that's going to, he's just going to wander the plains with his possible bird that's in his head telling him to kill people? I don't know. So that's got problems. That It's it's like they've got the opposite problems. Book of Shadows has got the problem in that it has to have a lasting impact of some sort and it has to work as a, I know Will shaking his head, but it has to work <laughs> as an event. There are no lasting impacts. No, there are in Valiant. Gen Zero is still dead, damn it. Um, Mexico City now. Never forgive, never forget. Um, but that has to that has to do that. But Above Snakes is now faced with having to do a second issue that matches up to that first one, which feels like a complete story. So to be honest, I could put that at number two purely for that reason. So really what I've done is I've not actually ranked them. I've just explained things. I think we can all agree... Rose Gallery is the worst. And that's all I'm going to say now. But Book of Shadows <laughs> is still my number one love. So I've kind of fudged it. Your moral choice. I feel like Angela's managed to cheat somehow, but I don't know how. Yeah, I feel hard done by it, but I can't yeah. quite put my finger on it. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll round us off. Uh, number four, 
Uh, Book of Shadows. No, uh, it's uh, Rogue's Gallery. I am willing. I'm giving this one a lot more credit than I think any of the rest of you. Um, but it should have been an OGN. Um, it likes. I I'd still want it broken up in kind of the issue structure way, but it should have been an OGN. I kind of don't I get why it opened this way but it kind of needed not to almost to really sell itself um number three is Book of Shadows um I just didn't care enough um really and again that's just because i don't have much of a connection to shadow man i never have um he had a cool dreamcast game um but did he though yeah it's not that when there's an advert in here that refers to it as a genre defining classic um i'm just like yeah the genre of games called shadow man um like it's yeah um it was it, it was it was fine it's like good it's it's more than good enough um but i just didn't come out desperate for more uh number two is blink um it's a cool premise it has a lot of potential um I want to see what they do with it. Um, and it's a, it does some good stuff. Like like you said, Angela, like some of its strongest stuff is in its writing of relationships um, and of also mental health uh, stuff. Number one, though, is Above Snakes. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's got colours sometimes. And other times it has less colours um, and it has guns and people being hit with planks in the face, uh, floorboards in the face. Um, and, and there's reflections in knives. That's pretty cool. Um, but in all seriousness, though, like it's, yeah, it's, supposed to say it's, it's pretty good uh, as far as the first issue goes. Um, and... Yeah, I just kind of wonder how it goes next. I think it's the first time in a long time that we've agreed, at least on four and one. Yes. Uh, across the board. Well, to be fair, it was going to be easy for us to agree with Andrew on one because she had two books for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying Everyone she cheated, but... <laughs> Look, if you, if I want to game the system sometimes. That's yeah, sometimes the kind you of need person to. I am. I think I've referred to two books as being in like third place before. Um, so uh, does that bring us to a close then? I think it does. Um, I, I guess we'll be back again next week for something or other I don't know possibly what possibly Spy be. X family or Spy family or Spike's family um, Spy Times family 
Yeah, spy, spy multiplied family. by family. <laughs> yeah, um, family. Spy by family. That is a possibility. Uh-huh. It could be that. So keep tuned. <laughs> yes, keep tuned to <laughs> tune your radio to this podcast. Phrase, keep tuned. <laughs> um, I I think that says I don't really have anything else to say. Me neither. So we've been Angela, Matt, Will, and Zach collectively bigger than capes. And uh, remember Uh, (laughs) that comics are bigger than than capes. capes.